Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guest and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Hello, Be Inspired audience. I'm here today with Mindy Kern, whom I knew way back when before I graduated and or, or she graduated and I retired as, uh, but today, back then, she was Mindy Duffy. Duffy, yep. And I, a friend of, you know, a friend of my son's and just a really special person in our family because you, I don't know. There was a, what do you say, a mutual admiration going on here. I mean, I thought you were wonderful, and I always <laughs> felt the love. <laughs> totally. I did, too. You wrote the best recommendation letter for me for college, by the way. Did I really? Yes. I oh, good for me. See if I still have it. <laughs> good for me. Good for me. But as a Boyertown grad, mm-hmm. you know, we, with Be Inspired and with the uh, newsletter that Leslie Misko and I put together, the Boyertown Area Expression, we really like to follow Boyertown grads Mm -hmm. to see what they've been up to and what challenges we can learn from them Mm -hmm. and how they've handled their various lives since graduation. So tell me a little bit about what has happened to you since you left Boyertown High School. Oh my goodness. That's a long time. (laughs) Um, so initially I, I wanted to be a teacher. I, my parents kind of discouraged me. They said there were too many teachers and they didn't make enough money. And so when I started looking for schools, I had no idea what I wanted to do, no idea where I wanted to go. And I ended up picking Rosemont college, which is near Villanova at the time. It was an all girls school. And, uh, which was funny because all of my friends were boys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, they enjoyed visiting. Um, and I was paying for school myself. And I had a bit of a scholarship. But as it came closer to the end of the first semester and I started to see the bills, I went, oh, my gosh, I can't afford this. How am I going to pay for school? This is insane. Mm-hmm. And so That's interesting. You, I, think, I think kids now are a little bit more aware. But back then, I don't think we were as much. Right. And so I said, okay, I need, I need to switch. I need to go to a different school. I cannot keep this. If I were to have one bill for this year, this whole year, I'd never make it. I, I would be in debt forever. So I switched and did a semester at Kutztown. Okay. I started, so college started for us August of 98. So then in January of 99, I did a semester at Kutztown. At Kutztown, loved it. Same thing, got close to the end of the semester and looked at the two bills combined and went, I, I'm not going to be able to pay this. How am I going to do this? So I decided to go back home and go to community college. And I wish back then that there was more encouragement to do so because it gives you the opportunity to still be in college, still be earning credit, paying for it more like 
upfront and as you go, but figuring out really what you want to do. And so I started doing that. And then I met a man that I ended up marrying. And so we were, um, I was like, well, I'm just going to leave school now. I'll finish preparing for the wedding and then we'll get married and then I'll go back to school, which, you know, (laughs) as adults, we laugh and go, no, you won't. That'll never happen. But that's what I thought was going to happen. So, um, got married, was working full time, couldn't do college at the same time and then got pregnant, Mm -hmm. had a baby and then within a few months was divorced and was like, okay, now what, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive and pay for these things? And, um, so I started working more and then when my son was about two, I went back to community college and I said, okay, let me figure this out. Let me try and do this. So I started taking some courses all over the place, took some business courses, took some health courses, thought maybe like, oh, I could be a dental hygienist because you don't have to work as many days out of the week and still get full time. And then that would be more time with my son. Wouldn't that be cool? And then I took my first anatomy and physiology classes and went, no, no, nope, this is, this is not it. Group memorization when you have a two-year-old is not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so a year later, about a year later, not even, um, Monco did their cohort thing where they now have, yes. where you can go, go to school at Monco, but get a university degree. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first programs that they were right. doing and they did it with Albright. And I sat down and I looked at the majors and I talked to one of the um, counselors there and I said, I think this is what I need to do. And, and, and they, at the time, they only had like, I think it was an IT major and then business administration. Right. And I thought, well, if I'm already starting, if I'm already working in an office as an admin type role, maybe I'll just get a business degree because that'll help me. That'll help raise my salary, help do all right. the things. And so it was a two-year accelerated degree completion program okay you would have classes for four to five weeks your books were delivered to your door you went to class one night a week for six hours and i averaged 20 to 25 hours of homework or studying a week with a three-year-old two three-year-old and i was like that i'm doing it i'm doing it i'm gonna do it this is the only way i can get through (laughs) it's the only way i'm gonna do it so that led you to a variety, because I follow you on Facebook, Thanks. you know, and I've been amazed at all the different paths you've taken with mm-hmm. that business mm-hmm. degree, mm-hmm. you know, but now, now, now you're switching again. Now I'm going to be a teacher. <laughs> Who knew? I probably knew? had a great teacher along the way that, that oh, told God, me I you. should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because... My father was insisted, was insistent, I should say, was insistent that I should be a lawyer. I think he recognized I liked to talk and argue. You would have been a great lawyer, too. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm watching all these lawyers now on TV, on, you know, going through all the things our country's going through. And it's like, there's no way I could do that. No. There's no way. Because I want everybody to be happy. Mm And that's not what I'm seeing in the legal profession. You would have been and a great, like, human rights attorney. There you go. That would have been Maybe, Yeah. That Your might. next life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. But I've also, in following you on Facebook, have been really interested in, in and really happy for you because I know your son. Mm-hmm. 
is now a Marine. He is a United States Marine. He has finished basic training, mm -hmm. and that was not easy. No. Raising him with, well, you obviously then raised him as a single mom mm -hmm. for at least a while, now mm -hmm. that you're married for a second time, yep. and have two, two children. More. Yes. But um, I know you've had some struggles with Jake. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he was diagnosed as ADHD. Yeah, he was four when he was diagnosed. How did you which know? We had been, he had been going to daycare, and daycare pulled us aside one day and said, he has ADHD, and if you don't put him on medication, you're going to have to remove him from the school. And I was like, first of all, if he has ADHD, great. Thank you for letting me know this is not the way to do it, but thanks. Second of all, if he has ADHD, I'm not putting him on medication because you say so. I'll put him on medication if he needs it. Yeah. And back then, yeah. I mean, stacks of paperwork to fill out, to find a doctor, to find someone who would, um, who would diagnose him. Because back then, a lot of doctors weren't doing it. At the time, I had to go to the intermediate unit, and they had a special like a daycare center, but there was someone there that did the diagnoses of, okay. of all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So he was diagnosed with ADHD and oppositional defiant disorder when he was four. And we- Now that's a challenge. Yes. He was, he would abscond from school, from daycare. They, he would be in school and that if he didn't like what was going on, he would walk out the door. And they'd have to go running back after him. Be like, no, no, you have to stay inside. You can't just leave when you want to. <laughs> but he, the doctor, the therapist, and psychiatrist we worked with were great. And they said, look, some kids grow out of this. Some kids learn how to manage it better. Jacob will probably be one of those kids that has it for the rest of his life. Right. It's just the way, right, you know. Right, right. So we got him, um, we worked with Creative Health in Pottstown, and we got... Uh, a therapeutic support specialist, TSS, who worked with him during the day in school, and then a behavioral specialist who kind of managed it. And they helped him in school. Sometimes it was just to put a hand out and say, calm down, yeah, wait your turn. Um, yeah. But just to give him those kinds of... Coping techniques. Yeah, those kinds of tools yeah. that he needed to learn how to do that. And... By the time, so that was pre-K, so by the middle of first grade, he was done with it, with those services. He remained on medication. Okay. Um, and sometimes school was definitely a struggle. He was young for the grade, so he didn't turn right, right, right. that age until school ended. Um, but made it through, did really well, hit high school, and music was his... What's the thing? Calling. It was what yeah. really set him straight. So he did yeah. really well through that time. Very good. Very yeah. good. Very good. Well, how did he get to the Marine? So he was in school. Um, he was really struggling. He was not doing well. Um, his grades weren't great. He seemed to really not be able to focus. Like a lot of young kids just don't know how to manage their time. He didn't, okay. couldn't do that. If he, when he came home during break, he could do an online course or whatever and would do really well. But then when he went back to school, he was failing. Okay. Um, had some mental health struggles. The, he was in, he did a year and a half at Kutztown. And by the end of that year and a half, he said, mom, I just can't do this. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, and that's when he said, I think I need to join the military. And I told him, 
if this is what you want to do, then we'll support you. It's not ideal. I, you know, I don't, I've never pictured you being in the military, but if right. this is what you want to do, then I support you 100%. So he left for boot camp in February and just graduated the end of May. Awesome. Yeah. What has he shared with you about his experience in boot camp? Um, is he glad he is. that he made that decision? He was. He's really proud of himself. I'm really proud of him. He. But he must have had some. You must have had some phone calls. Uh, Mom, you I don't can't get to talk to this. them. Oh, tell me more. You're, there is. It's 13 weeks. You do not get to talk to them until the last two weeks that they're there before graduation. And how long is it? Uh, 13 weeks total. Okay. And then graduation is is the last is the final week of the 13 weeks. And okay. so we would get letters and they would go up and down. The first letter was, this is really, really hard. I miss you guys a lot, but physically I can do this. Mentally, this is really tough. And there were weeks when the letters would be great and everything's fine. And then weeks where he was down again. And at one point he said, they're picking on me, mom. And I was like, really, are they picking on you? Yeah. Um, but he learned so much. He learned to take responsibility for himself. He learned um, just, just to see the change in his posture and his confidence is huge. Yeah. So, but the responsibility for himself is the biggest thing that even if he you know, doesn't stay in the military, doesn't do anything, that has changed and made him grow up so much. Yeah. Where is he now? He is in South Carolina doing a month of training. It's the School of Infantry. So he has that for a month. He started there uh, the first week in June. Okay. And he'll be there for 30 days. And then he goes to California to Camp Pendleton, which is actually where I was born because I was a Marine brat. Yes. (laughs) And uh, he'll be there for nine months doing jump school, jumping out of airplanes and things like that, and then dive school. My goodness. And his um, intended job title is reconnaissance. So essentially the special forces of the Marines, basically. You know, pick the hardest job that you can pick. Why not? I mean, while you're going Just go for it. (laughs) And uh, so he'll be there for nine months, and then he's pretty sure he'll be deployed after that. But um, it's five years. Years. It's usually four and four. Four years active service, four years of reserves. Recon, they make you do five years of active, but then only three years of reserve because yeah. there's so much more training. Yeah, yeah. So you, uh, is he still on medication for ADHD? He stopped medication. When did he um, stop medication? I want to say last fall he stopped. Unbeknownst to us. Okay. <laughs> I think he... I think he was starting to understand that he could manage his behaviors better and he didn't want to be on medication anymore. Um, I think that he also knew that if he was on medication, he probably wouldn't, it would probably affect what he could do in the Marine Corps. Um, So he made the decision to go off of it. Um, But I could see the difference in when he was off when he was younger versus now. And you could tell he definitely knows how to manage symptoms more there's still things that he'll do that have a lot of people with ADHD still have OCD type tendencies. For example. It affects, it affects the same region of the brain. So sometimes when he's doing something, he'll tap something a few times or double check a lock a few times. But he's managing all of that very, wow. very well. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, as a mom, mm-hmm. 
going through all this? What were your coping techniques? Oh my goodness. <laughs> did you did you hit the scotch? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I think for me, I was a single parent at that point and I just had the drive to get him to where he needed to be. I remember in school, people talking about that kid in school, like, oh, you don't want that kid in your class or you don't want to have to deal with that kid. And I did not want him to be that kid. I wanted his his behaviors and his attention to be more focused so that when he got to school, he could be in school and accomplish and do what he wanted to do and not have to worry about making all these changes and having to cope with everything to have those tools that he needed as a younger child in Mm -hmm. pre-k and kindergarten and first Mm -hmm. to get him through school how did you do that oh a lot of therapy for him therapy for me (laughs) his medication um his therapists that he had were very open in communication and what I needed and your previous podcast interview with Daryl Williams Daryl was one of the um, no kidding he was one of the initially TSS but then one of the behavioral specialists that worked with Jacob very and uh having that building that relationship with them and them telling me hey this was really tough for him you should try this and just that mix and match of Trying to figure out how to do it all. So, right. right. Do you recognize any of any of Jacob's uh, personality or characteristics in your two children? You know, but the funny thing Other is, children. I do a little bit um, in my younger one now. My youngest, Lucas, is six, and I think I'm starting to see the ADHD style with him a little bit. Some For of example. the things that he does, um, numbers. He likes to write numbers incessantly everywhere. He's a very, very intelligent child. He likes things the way that they're supposed to be. Jacob was a rule follower and would get in trouble for being in line and you're supposed to be quiet in line. And someone behind him would be talking. He would turn around and say, stop talking. You got to be quiet. And then he would get himself in trouble. (laughs) And Lucas does the same thing. No So, But funny enough, I was diagnosed with adult ADHD within this past year. Oh, now we didn't even discuss this. I totally forgot about it. It, um, How did that show up in you? um, Or to be recognized by somebody? Someone. Yeah, a friend of mine had been diagnosed and was telling me things that were triggered, like had triggered her to realize that what it was. And things that I associated with being a mom... um, going from one room to another and you know going to one room to do something and realize oh i have a shirt that belongs in the bedroom so i'm going to go to the bedroom and then oh i get in there and then i start doing something else <laughs> and um, that's pretty typical of a lot it, of it people is. i know <laughs> it is and some of it was things it's apparently it's very hard to diagnose women with adhd versus men and boys because some of the characteristics of adhd are characteristics that we give women or girls talking a lot, not being able to sit still and, you know, just being more engrossed in what else is going on. And I'll never forget my, my first grade teacher in my report card wrote lacks (laughs) self-control. 
And I remember thinking, like, as a second grader, first grader, that was so rude. <laughs> and then now, as a 43-year-old looking back going, she knew I had ADHD. Or she probably just didn't have the word for it in the you, 80s. I know you know my son, Jeff, but he of went course. to Montessori school. Uh-huh. And in Montessori school, he, he was a... They always said he has no self-discipline and self-control. None. Mm -hmm. And so every day we had a page where he had to have the teacher check off whether he showed (laughs) self-discipline and self-control. He, of course, is ADHD as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So no kidding. So now I think it... So you're not on it. I am on medication. Are you really? Yes. Um, what are you taking? Or I it's ask. okay. No, no, it's okay. Um, Jacob took Adderall. I take Adderall now as okay. well. And it, um, Jacob used to say that when he took medication, it was like the static was turned off yeah. in his head. And for me, it is all of a sudden having the ability to concentrate and finish something from from start to finish. From the beginning to the Start end. Start a project. Not to be... Right. Distracted with every, you know, something's going on over there. Let me check it out. Exactly. Something's over here. Let me check exactly. it out. And what's going on here doesn't yes. get done. Made a huge difference. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And as a parent, I think it's made a difference in my patience and the way that I get things done. I think when I was not on medication, I felt like he did. That there was just a lot going on in my head. And I, what was going on in my head was hard to deal with than with a child that was being difficult for whatever reason or wanted my attention. And I feel like being on the medication has helped me just calm everything else and be able to focus on my kids and what they want and what they need. Wow. So, wow, yeah, crazy. I, lo- I want to talk more about <laughs> this Anytime. because I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by behavioral issues and mm-hmm. mental health issues and medicine in general. Mm-hmm. But um, I have such admiration. As I said, I followed you from high school, you. you know, <laughs> with the many, many things that you have done so well. And I have to tell you how happy I am. That you are going into teaching. Thank you. I mean... I'm, it's crazy. And hopefully some of the things we used to do together... Yes. yes. ...will translate into, yeah. into your experience. I wish you the best because it's such yeah. a fulfilling career. Yeah. And you are such a special young woman. You. And I know that you will have a wonderful time and a wonderful, wonderful, Thank wonderful you. influence on the many children that you... Connect yeah. with. We won't be doing Beowulf in elementary school, but no yeah. Beowulf. <laughs> Those were the days. I love it that you remember Beowulf. I do. I do. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the Be Inspired podcast today, Mindy. And you know, if you have any advice mm-hmm. for young, no, not young, any advice for moms, any advice for people who are struggling with their children who are recognizing their own limitations, what Mm -hmm. would it be? I think for me, it's always been be an advocate for your child. And I say that I had it easier than some other parents do, parents that are dealing with more profound learning disabilities or more profound mental health issues or physical disabilities. You always just have to be you know, be that person for your child. You've got to be the one that goes out there and does the stuff and it's going to be hard and get the support of anybody that you can have a therapist, somebody to just 
yell at when things are crappy because <laughs> they will be crappy and they will be up and down. But um, for me, that was the biggest thing, having someone to lean on and just to know that, you know, to know that the difference that you're making now and the work that you're putting in now will come back for your child tenfold. Pay off, mm-hmm. pay off. And one of the things that has stuck with me always in being a teacher is to be their champion. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're talking about is yeah as, as a teacher a you I think sometimes teachers can forget and you know one of the things that I really learned this year is that not every kid has a champion not every kid has a full support system at home or someone that is understanding of who and what they are mm-hmm. or can be supportive and um, knowing that you can do that and just be that little light for someone or I had a student this year who was struggling and I said, look, it doesn't matter what happens at home. In here, you're with me and I support you and I believe in you and don't let anybody tell you anything different because you are amazing and you're gonna do a great job. And sometimes that's all they need. They just need to know that someone believes in them and is going to help them get through and that makes that makes the big difference. Safe in this moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Mindy. Thank you. And I wish you the best. Thank I wish you. Jacob the best. And <laughs> Doug and your other two kids as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.